with compelling facts, with data, uh, with also empathy to, 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 to listen and to be able to understand what local nuances are, and given the flexibility that, that, that needs to be given, we always create that shared vision among, amongst us, and then we're able to let our teams be creative, but also support the global vision. Welcome, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Branding Over Wine for Branding Mac. And with us here, we have uh, Obabia, or as everybody call him, Bia Fagede. He is one of the chief marketeers coming out of the African markets, one of the influential marketeers within Heineken. And we're going to look at global brand building. And a little bit less of global brand building from a European perspective, but from a truly international perspective. So, Bia, welcome. Happy to have you in the show. Thank you very much, Martin. It's a real pleasure to be, to be, to be on, the, on, this, on this show. It's really exciting. And thanks for the introduction. It feels very complimentary. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited to be here. Really excited to be chatting with you. Um, and well done for what you guys are doing. Super. So let's di really dive into um, uh, one of the key questions immediately. So Heineken is really renowned as a global company. And more than that, a global brand builder and global communication builder. That's how to build really global campaigns across the different regions. And regions, I mean, the big regions such as Africa, Asia, Europe. How does Heineken do that? That's a very good question, Martin. Uh, I think the first step is to understand that we need to find a consumer insight that resonates globally. And that's not a very easy thing to do. Because as you know, as the, how the world is, every part of the world is different and different motivations for different types of consumers. But the reality that we see within Heineken is that there's that potential, the opportunity to find a consumer inside that really resonates globally. It's not, like I said, it's not always easy, but it's always important to, for you to be able to, to, to build a global brand like Heineken. And uh, uh, that, but that's easier said than done. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, how do you find that point? Because, you know, the cultural differences are so vast. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the first thing that we that we try to do is to understand what are the, the emerging trends, the emerging global trends, especially among young consumers. Because we also know that when we target the young audiences, we are able to to get that aspiration from even older generations to aspire to be younger. I think everybody tries to aspire to be younger in some way or, in some way or form. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the first step always is to see what the, what the emerging trends are, are globally. Uh, those trends always tend to, so they seem to tend to travel across uh, geographies and across regions. So even Indeed. though you see a trend um, going, going very high in, in Europe, it tends to, to graduate or maybe from, from the US or from, from, from the Americas to Europe, uh, to Asia, to Africa. Sometimes they are not going at the same pace, but at least that same trend is it's, it's going, going across, across the world. And so that's always the first thing for us as, as Heineken to look for what are those emerging trends globally. And then when we find those emerging trends globally, then the next thing also is what are the passion points for consumers across that cuts across uh, across the globe, and I'll give an example of a passion point, which is, which is sports or football. If you look at football fans globally, reaching about three billion people um, around the globe, three billion football fans, you can be sure that that's not in in just one continent. That's cuts across 
uh, continents. And for us, being able to tap into that sort of passion point and then understanding consumer insight is what helps us to deliver a really true global brand. Interesting, interesting. And it's so fascinating to say that you are tapping into Gen Z and Gen Z, let's say, as, let's say yeah. the, if you want to call it the trend leaders and you, as you're suggesting that even the older generations are tapping into those uh, uh, trends as well. Yeah. So what kind of trends do you see, uh, for instance, that are going across the world? Yeah, I think um, the first uh, interesting trend about, about Gen Z is that we, that we see for us, which is interesting for us, is that they are drinking less beer. <laughs> that's a painful one. <laughs> that's a painful one, that they're drinking less beer. But it's also an opportunity for us to then see how we evolve as an organization and also as a business. Okay, if they are not drink, if they're drinking, well, let me put it that they're drinking less of the traditional beer. So the, the beer as we used to know it. So they're drinking, um, they're trying new things. They're very open to trying new things, uh, which... Uh, the older generation and even some of the, the older millennials don't do normally try trying new things. Um, they are very open-minded. So mm. whereas in the past you 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 see there's a bit of close-mindedness and everybody trying to under, trying to identify so much about where they come from. So okay, I'm from Europe or I'm from Africa, I'm from I'm from I'm from the US, I'm from Asia. The Gen mm-hmm. Zs are, are quite open. They're a bit more open. Of course, the trend of social media and digital age helps to break all the barriers that we have seen in the past, meaning that it's easier for information to travel, it's easier for trends to travel across countries, across geographies, across continents. That way, we see that the Gen Zs are more open-minded, they are open to try new things, they are less discriminatory also, um, and then they hold brands accountable. They, they, they hold brands that are more accountable. Um, the older generation uh, have been used to traditional advertising in which there's a brand talking to, to, to the consumer, but the Gen Z trends is about the whole brands more accountable. They they relate. They want to have a Twitter chat with with, with their brands. Uh, they hold this. They feel they see themselves as not just using the brand, uh, but also contributing to, to the society in terms of using the brand. So those are the trends that we that we see with Gen Zs. Super. That's super interesting. And you suggested that uh, the trends uh, most often originate in the US or Europe, uh, or perhaps I interpret that wrongly. Does it also go the other way around these days that trends, for instance, originate in, in Asia or perhaps even in Africa these days? Yes. Uh, well, in the past, I think trends used to originate a lot from, 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 from the US and, uh, and Europe. And that's that you see with the power of the media. So because the, the media in terms of um, Hollywood and um, American music in the past used to drive a lot of trend. What you see now with with the growth of of, of uh, K-pop or, or Indian pop and 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 all of that in Asia, but also with Afro beats in yes. in, in Africa in Nigeria, you see that the trend is is, is, is shifting. Now the trends are, are are growing from from Africa and from Asia, spreading towards Europe and spreading to spreading to the US. What we see, for example, is that because some Nigerian artists are in, in African artists in Nigeria are quite big, when they start uh, a music and they start a dance challenge on that song, it tends to travel first beyond Africa, then goes into Europe, into the Americas, into into parts of Asia. And same thing when you see trends coming out out of out of out of Korea, out of India, they tend to travel out 
and traveled into Europe, into America, into Africa. So you see, in the past, it used to be from the other way around, but now it's it's uh, it's, it's changing. Yeah. Indeed, indeed, it's the uh, you even see that say the that the uh, it is less of a one way street. Yeah. And also, let's say that, and also the African markets are coming into their own. So, and what yes. you see is that the, the the markets are coming also, but that also means that the culture travels from, uh, yeah. stronger. And this yeah. is what I find fascinating: the the the, uh, um, the culture and the cultural expression obviously have always been there, yeah. but now it travels. Yeah, it and travels. that's what what is yes, and this is what makes it, the world a much more fascinating place. Yeah, I think the, I think another credit to also the Gen Zs growing in in the West, so in Europe and the Americas, is that they are more even more open minded um, to the to the older generation, and that's that helps trends to travel from Asia, from Africa into Europe, into the U.S. Because there's that open mindedness. Um, I was I was reading I was reading an an, an article that I think to a, a couple of days ago. Bill mm-hmm. Gates. Bill Gates was in Nigeria uh, because, of course, because of Microsoft was in Nigeria. And he, and while he was speaking in Nigeria, he was saying that his his father, he was saying, his daughter was saying to to him that, "Oh, Dad, um, you're so lucky that you're going to Nigeria because then you get to meet Bonner Boy and Rema, who are Nigerian <laughs> artists." Very good. Uh, yes. And yeah, I mean, if Bill Gates never didn't really know who Bonner Boy and Rema uh, were, the the fact that his daughter mentions them uh makes him aware of them and that's how open-mindedness the gen the gen z's of of europe and and, and the us are now to, to asian culture to african culture which is really amazing super super and can you give me an example of uh, how these trends and this global behavior how does it work into a commercial is, is there anything you can say that they a specific example of how this works and it was worked out within heineken yeah. Uh, so, first thing, like I said, we we try to look for the for for the for these trends, and then mm-hmm. we try to see which of these trends would be relevant for from a Heineken point of view. Because at the end of the day, there, there is so many trends I imagine in 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 the in the in global industry within Gen Zs, but it is not every trend that Heineken should jump on, or Heineken should have a point of view on. And an example of one that we found a place that we could find a point of view. Is on 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 uh, the number of female fans in football. So there used yes. to be in the past there, there, where there was a, the conversation about um, football was mainly for 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 guys. It was male fans, uh, especially uh, more European male fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we looked. We then we said, okay, look, we know that we know that the trends are emerging. First, female football is is growing. On the one yes. hand. But also female fanship of, of football is growing. I have a lot of colleagues who are fans of some of the big European clubs, and they are really they are real fans. I mean, they 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 know that they know the teams, they 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 follow the teams, they know the players, they're interested in the in the in the matches. So we started trying to you know look into this trend more. Mm-hmm. Is, is it really true? And what we found was actually very interesting. We found that there's almost up to up to up to 50%, almost up to 50% of Football fans are female. Oh wow! It's amazing. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to hard to believe, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and then we said, look, is they are really there, but we are not highlighting them as much as, as as we should. And as the brand that we are, as as Heineken, which is about open mindedness, we said, look, that is that it's important for us to find to 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 tap into this. And that, that's what led us to our Chest to All Fans campaign, 
which was about mm -hmm. just all fans, men included, that in, in fact, if you go into the fanship of football, you will realize if you dive into it, dive, dive deep into it, there are strong female fans. They love the football. They love the games just as much as the, as the men love, love the games. They are passionate oh, about their teams, just about their, their, about their teams. And yes, so we use that trend and, and then and our passion for football pulled it together and created a football campaign that was about chest all fans and uh, men included. Super. Cool. Yeah. The thing here. And if you focus, let's say, on, on, uh, on, on Gen Z in global communication, does it also mean that you change the way you do co communication? Is it, let's say, um, in the past it was very, let's say, mass media orientated. How does that work in Heineken? Is that is that changing as well? Very much so. Very much so. It's a very good question that that, that you that you ask. In in the past, uh, communication and campaigns had always been TV led. So you you would see an idea, and because it's always easier to, easy to 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 put to put together or to show an idea through a TVC, that's a TV commercial. There's always a tendency to have a first a TV commercial uh, for a campaign. But we realize now, uh, as the as the trends also emerge, that number one, Gen Zs are watching less TV, which is okay. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, uh, every because of of the way social media is and on the go, if you mm -hmm. have a point of view, perhaps the best way, the best place to show that point of view and to be really heard and to let everyone actually see your point of view would be uh, through digital assets and social media. And that changed a, a lot the way we started thinking about creating campaigns. So campaigns not, no, are no longer about having an idea and then translating to a TV commercial, but having an idea and trying to understand from a consumer behavior mm -hmm. and the consumer journey, mm -hmm. where can we best meet the consumer? So it could still be okay. on TV, but a lot of times it's on digital and um, social assets. And also a two-way conversation with consumers, which is not always, had not always been the case. It used to just be a TVC you watch; it's interesting, but now it's about a two-way conversation with the consumer and getting the consumer in, involved in the in the in the idea. So what you're suggesting is that, uh, the, and also in the campaign structure uh, yeah. and set up, uh, digital assets already play a larger role. And does that influence, uh, let's say, how the campaign is built? Let's say, what, 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 makes, what do you do different in that case? Yes, yeah, so in the past, we, we, mm -hmm. we, we could create a campaign, we would create a campaign, have a TV commercial, and sometimes mm -hmm. when we're trying to make digital assets from, for that, for, for, from that campaign, usually they are cut-down versions of the TV or adaptations of the TV. Mm. But now, our approach has changed significantly. We say if there is an idea, how does that idea translate into into in, in, on social? How how would that mm -hmm. live natively on Instagram, on Twitter, or any of the social channels? So we create assets specifically for those channels, no longer an adaptation of what you have on TV. If there would be a TV, we could still have a TV commercial, but essentially, mm -hmm. these are now very important. They are the focus of. Um, campaign creation and changes completely how we used to do things. That that's so interesting. So you already start looking at the digital assets directly yeah. instead yeah, exactly. of TV and then digital assets. As yeah. you mentioned, uh, having cut on from that is yeah. Um, exactly. um, 
And there is a lot of, let's say, discussions within the beer industry. I'm sure you're full of them by using influencers. So, yeah. and apparently that is, uh, as we've seen the whole story of Bud and Bud Light, uh, a, a two-way street. So how, do, how, how does Heineken look at working with influencers? Yeah, it, it's it's a very interesting question that 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 you ask. Uh, and first, let me also say that we we don't see ourselves as Heineken as just a beer brand. In fact, we're not a beer brand. We are a lifestyle brand. And if you are going to be in, mm, in as, as, a, as a part of lifestyle, uh, as, as a part of lifestyle, you need to understand what the lifestyle is. And the a lot of times the drivers of lifestyle are influencers. And it does not necessarily mean influencers with high followership on 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 social media. It could be, but influencers who, on a particular topic, people believe them. You know, people trust them. And we realize as Heineken that if we are going to be relevant to the audience that we are talking to, then it is important to be able to work uh, very closely with with those influencers. Like you said, it's always a two way thing where it can go very well. It can go also, yeah go go wrong but uh number one is we try to be authentic first so we try to be truly heineken we try not to dictate and say okay this is how we want you to in the past it used to be oh the perfect branding the perfect pouring of the beer the perfect placement of the bottle but no these days less important that's less important what we want actually is is the believability of the fact that mm. the brand is being used and the way that the brand is being used and what the brand stands for. So we give the influencers a flexibility uh, within the framework. So flexibility in terms of be yourself, you know, if you want to, if you want, if you want to express how you use the Heineken, how you relate with Heineken, please be yourself on, on that. Um, there are some things that are borderline for us because we are a beer brand. So we 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 can give directions and guidelines on that but ultimately we try to give the influencers the kind of freedom to express themselves because that's what's what's uh that's who they are we will not try to bring an influencer and then make the influencer uh almost like a model in a in, in a in a commercial the influencer yeah, has to yeah, be yeah. the influencer uh, so that's how we work with influencers we expect that believability the authenticity but then we also give some guidelines in terms of just what we need to avoid especially as a beer brand that you said so many interesting things. Let me just uh, uh, cycle that all back yeah, to the first yeah. thing. The first thing that was very interesting, which you mentioned, uh, Heineken is becoming a lifestyle brand. Yeah. Now, that's a fascinating branding concept. Can you say a bit more about that? So it's a, you don't see Heineken anymore as a beer brand, but as a lifestyle brand. Yes, exactly. Because we 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 know that Heineken now has traveled all over the world. It's sold in over 100, in 190 countries. We pride ourselves in the quality of the beer, but much more important in the enjoyment that we serve across the world. And within that enjoyment is a lifestyle of people. And because of that, Heineken has to be a lifestyle brand. So Heineken is a lifestyle brand. And you see it a lot in how we how we show up in, uh, in Formula One, in the Formula One races, um, being the champion of beers in Formula One, uh, <laughs> how we show up in, 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 the, in the Champions League, being the really premium uh, experience for, for football. But also some of the some of the things that we have done lately, uh, there was there, there was uh, an exchange that we had with, with Vietnam um, about uh, putting the Heineken silver in 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 in, uh, in sneakers, so it's called the Heineken cool. kicks, which is really 
now taking it beyond just being uh, a beer, actually mm-hmm. putting the beer in, in sneakers and almost like you're walking on, on a beer. So lately, we've, <laughs> we've, 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 we've started putting out that whole idea of, of the lifestyle part of Heineken. Um, recently, we signed on uh, with, with Max Verstappen with Formula One, mm. putting, us in, putting us into into the gaming gaming space. So you see, we are now so much about, about, about lifestyle because we understand that what we sell is not is not is not the the beer. It's not just the the, the great quality beer that, that we have as Heineken, but it's the enjoyment and the lifestyle of people. Super. So you're really focusing on this, this lifestyle thing, the enjoyment yeah. of this. Um, is there another part uh, of it? I mean, uh, when I look traditional at Heineken, I see a level of open mindedness in all the high stuff in in all the Heineken consumers. In fact. In my previous job, we did research and we found out that the, uh, the Heineken consumers, as opposed to all the Stella consumer, as opposed to all the Guinness consumer, all the Cosmic, there is something of a character trait for all the Heineken consumers across the world. They tend to be a little bit more open than the other consumers from the other beer brands in their own markets. And this is from Canada to the US to Netherlands to Africa, to China. And there is no other brand that I found that. So is that still a part of the communication, this openness? Yes. Um, if if you look at how Heineken is positioned in, in a lot of countries and how we, we, how we show up in a lot of countries, uh, it's, for example, in Nigeria, where I'm from, Heineken is called the chairman because it's the brand that stands that, that stands out as the chairman of beers it's almost like like the like the ceo of, of, yeah. of beers and when you it's almost then we used to feel like when when you buy a heineken and you have a heineken in front of you it shows that you know you are you are not just within a close circle of people drinking a beer you're having a beer that is present in 190 countries around the world so then you feel part of a whole. So if you like, if I'm having a, a, a beer in, in Lagos, in Nigeria, it's the same kind of beer that they are having in Addis Ababa, in Ethiopia, or in, in, in Bali, in, in, in Indonesia, mm. or in, uh, in at The Hague, in Amsterdam, or in or Ohio, in, 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 in the US. That's the concept of Heineken. It's same test, same, 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 same experience. And that's why bringing that, that, that out in, in our communication, in what, what we say about Heineken, helps our consumers to also see themselves in that light, that I, do, I, 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 form, I am a part of a whole. So I, I'm, a, I'm a global citizen. And that's how we see our consumers, and that's how they see themselves. Interesting, that global citizenship, that indeed is something yeah. very uh, very Heineken across the, yeah. across the world. And yeah. uh, if I may ask a difficult question then, so you see in many cultures, let's say, the rise of localism. So that means that local cultures are becoming more interesting, more, let's say, digging back into the roots and uh, looking at uh, um, local cultural expressions. But Heineken is international. That must be tough. Yeah, very, very tough. (laughs) And and, and, and that that is how we, why we actually, why I, I admire what we do at Heineken. It's been that global corporation, global brand with local footprints. We have brilliant marketeers in our operating companies around the world who understand the local nuances in every in the countries where they where they operate. We as the global team um, within Heineken, 
what we what we try to do is to find the global insights, like I mentioned earlier, and then check sense check that insight with the local teams and see does this insight resonate also in your country. What you usually get is okay, it resonates in some way or form in my market. It's, it resonates in some way or form. Okay, if that's the case, that's brilliant. We don't think that the, the same insight will resonate in the same way in every market. We then give it as the ingredients. So take this ingredients and then how can you develop on it to, to so we give the global the, the idea from, from global and then we give markets the flexibility. We call it a local top spin. Which is we give markets okay. the flexibility to develop the local local insight from the local insight to then create um, the full campaign around the, this global idea. So that, because we 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 appreciate what just what you said about how the local flavor is growing, how even though consumers are global, they still want to identify with their with their local community and 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 um, their their own place. So it is important for us to give that flex that flexibility so that we we are still global were very locally relevant. Interesting. And when you build these global campaigns, let's say, what is the hardest part of it? Yeah. Um, well, the hardest part of it is to create that shared vision uh, okay. with, with every single market. Uh, like, because like I said, we have brilliant marketeers in, in every single in, in, in our markets. And we they know the markets so we we i can't sit in amsterdam for example and i think that i know what the consumers are like in taiwan we have brilliant guys in taiwan who who, who know them uh or in porto in peru or in lagos so we we give that opportunity to understand that and we have brilliant marketers to, to, to who understand that but uh what we need to, what we create is a shared vision uh, for the brand to say, okay, this is where we need to be going as a brand and everybody mm. needs to get on, on, on that vision. Um, sometimes it's not as easy to, to get everyone on, 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 on that bus, but with, uh, with a very compelling, uh, with compelling facts, with data, uh, with also empathy to, 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 to listen and to be able to understand what local nuances are and given the flexibility that, that they need to be given, we always create that shared vision among, amongst us and then we're able to let local teams be creative but also support the global vision. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. uh, um, as to also an insight for the readers, we've worked together in the past and let's say some, some global campaigns and insights and indeed yeah. these numbers, that helps. If yeah. you have numbers proving certain points, then at least you start the discussion more objectively. Instead yeah. of people saying my market is different, well, to what extent is it different? Exactly. You know, yeah. and, uh, and where is it the same, and where is it different? Yeah. So that helps. And yeah. I think I think what you mentioned there also very quickly in between the lines, but it's crucially important: empathy. You know, you should yeah. always give the local markets the um, uh, the opportunity to express themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So when it is the. Um, uh, when you look at this difference between doing things centrally and globally, uh, how do you organize that? Because in between the lines you mentioned, this is done locally, this is done globally. Um, there must be a way that you organize it or does it go with the flow? No, we, we have a way we, we organize. Uh, so what we do is that uh, from a global point of view, we mm -hmm. 
try to create, and I'll give an example. Um, yeah. Heineken, Heineken turned 150 years this year. Amazing Congratulations. Feet. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and we realized that it's one thing to try to create a global campaign out of this realization that, okay, Heineken turns 150 years. The reality is that in those 150 years of Heineken, Heineken has been expressed in different ways and represented in different ways in the different markets and countries where we operate. Mm, so if we yes. say that in, in in from the Netherlands where Heineken was born, Heineken is the big beer. It's 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 uh, when when people order order a beer, sometimes it's synonymous to Heineken. It's not the same in some other markets. Heineken is expressed in different ways. So the campaign that we created from uh, for for the 150 years of of Heineken was about mm. the fact that. We know that Heineken is big. We know that Heineken is all around the world. Heineken has been there for 150 years. But we also appreciate the fact that local consumers in different parts of the world have embraced Heineken and they basically express it, use it in, in, in different ways. So in creating that campaign, for example, centrally, we, we created this idea that this campaign is about celebrating the different ways that consumers around the world identify with Heineken. But we know that we cannot create those different ways from the global office in Amsterdam, meaning that we need to give that freedom to the local markets to, to show how Heineken is expressed in their own market. I give an example of Nigeria, Heineken being called the chairman in Nigeria. So we give that flexibility to, to Nigeria to say, okay, look, Heineken is called the chairman in Nigeria. We do not need to create a global campaign saying chairman from Amsterdam. But you understand what chairman means in Nigeria, so you can create a whole ecosystem of communication around chairman. Same oh. thing where you go into different parts of the other parts of the world. We give that flexibility. So that's how we operate. Have a central idea, but give the local flexibility to the markets. Cool. And then the, the uh, and is this let's say already predetermined? What will be local? What will be uh, central? Or does this go with the flow? Most most times we try to we try to 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 determine what what is what is global and what is what is central and what is what is local, just yeah. to just to also guide um, every market, because we also want our markets to be able to invest their resources wisely. So if, for example, you can create a, a TV commercial or a TV a TV campaign from global, we take that burden and, and and create it and from global creating different versions for for the local markets. But then the other items like uh, how you can brand in the, on the shop floor, how you can do digital assets, activations, events, we leave it to the local markets because we know that they understand the local nuances. So we give that guidance that, okay, from global, we will handle this. And then from the local team, you can develop this. So that's, that helps to create that balance. And, and, and it's probably also backed up by some kind of budget structure. I mean, I would suppose that, you know, for you have central budget for the global campaigns and they make yep. the uh, campaigns and then they more or less give it to the opcos. So for the opcos, this is an asset to use in their campaigns and it's 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 a gift to yep. uh, things. And then they will probably have their own budgets, I suppose, to do the other parts of the touch points. Do I see that right or do is this too simple? Absolutely, and it's it's good that you simplify it in the, in this way because it's it's always a very complex um, structure. But the way you simplify it, it actually makes it easy. So yes, there's, there's there's a global 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 budget where we try to develop centrally, and then the local markets also have their budgets to what extent they can develop or 
then put the the assets in, into media. Uh, we we give we, we we try to give a guideline to so help the markets so that mm-hmm. uh, there's that balance in how budget is is spent. But ultimately, uh, it's so. So for example, we we know that in each market there are different channels on TV, on out of home. Um, some markets have radio. Some markets are very big on digital out of home. Some are on static out of home. So we give, and from global, we are not able to create every single asset for every single touch point. Indeed. So, and, and that's where the, where the market's uh, creativity comes in. So look at what the, what's available globally. How do we adapt into our local needs? What are the extra things that we need to create from, 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 from the local um, team point of view? And then we give that flexibility to make it happen. So that also suggests the way you put it, that the uh, that global is perhaps less influential or less giving a, 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 a diktat, if you would call it that way, uh, to the local markets. Um, that it's less of a totally worked out campaign, but more of an idea that or a concept that the local markets can further develop. Do I see that correct? Yes. So global does not play the role of dictator. Global ends up playing the role of a facilitator. So we facilitate. So we facilitate uh, creating the the assets and the ideas, so that there's a every every everyone in every opco mm. is going in the same direction and driving within the same direction, and then we give that flexibility for markets to 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 go, and then we then facilitate so to help the markets stay on course, so that if we think that um, the idea that has been presented by by a market is staying is going off course. From the central idea, then we try to guide the markets back. But so we play the role of facilitator, not uh, not a dictator. <laughs> Very yeah. good. This is the um, and you know when we look at the, the the rise of Africa in in the world as a as a coming upcoming economic power, it yeah. also means the rise of let's say uh, a, a more diversified culture, and this yeah. also means that that young marketeers. Uh, uh, will play a, a more important role in Africa, and these marketeers will go beyond Africa as well. Yeah. As a good example for African marketeers, what can you tell young African marketeers um, to uh, as an advice for their career? Well, I think my 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 first advice would be embrace local, but think global. It's always very important to. To understand where, where where we come from, where you are, where you where you come from, but think global, think beyond uh, where you are. A lot of times, I when I talk to uh, marketeers, also 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 in in Africa, I see very very brilliant marketeers that can on on the on the global stage, on the world stage, can do amazing and really really amazing work. Uh, cool. At the same time, I, when I talk to some, I hear, I get it, that this immediate feedback. Oh, this this cannot work in Africa. Oh, this cannot work in this country. And then I ask that: Is this fact based? Is this is this um, research based? What are there facts to support this? And then they're like, Oh, no, 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 no. Well, but you, you just can't work in Africa. So what I challenge a lot of uh, marketeers, especially coming from Africa, which I'm very proud of, proud to be a part of, uh, <laughs> is to embrace local but think global. Explore what 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 the, what the trends are around the world, and you'll be amazed how much uh, great work we can do in Africa by embrace, embracing the world, um, embracing local, but also thinking global. Super. And with this, B, I would like to 
close our wonderful podcast. It was great talking to you and great to learn more about the mechanics of building global campaigns and to look how Heineken has become truly a more global player instead of a Dutch player. So thank you, uh, uh, thank you, B. Thank you very much, Martin. It was really nice talking to you and uh, thanks for having me here. Really a pleasure. And I hope, dear listeners, that you found these insights inspiring as well. If so, please share our Branding Over Wine podcast with friends and colleagues. And when you have a moment, we'd love to get your reviews or ratings. Hope to have you all listening in on our next podcast. And thank you all for tuning in.